The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, graphic descriptions of autopsies, and details of ritualistic torture, rape, and murder. Welcome to episode 47 of Teen Girls Investigate Crime Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Okay, before we get started, this is a little anecdote I'm adding in this morning. This, not after, it's not morning, it's afternoon. It's afternoon. But you guys could be listening literally anytime, so. Like, this could be four years from now that you're listening to this. Okay, I'm adding this in for fun right now. <laughs> Basically, a little anecdote from today. Um, this morning in our lit class. Oh my god. So, Izzy and I are in the same lit class. It's the only class that we have together this year. Yes. And so we're sitting in, like, the far back corner right next to each other, because thankfully we get to pick seats. Thank God, class. because we're juniors in high school. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so our latest homework assignment for the, over the weekend was that we needed to listen to a podcast the, from This American Life. And so we listened and had to answer some questions or whatever. So we're just kind of discussing it today. And my teacher really likes this podcast. And so she was t- she was just kind of wanting, like, impressions from it. She was like, did you guys like their style? Blah, blah, blah. Like, stuff like that. Not mm-hmm. even relating to the topic. Yeah. And so this one girl raises her hand. I'm not going to name names, obviously, because I don't want a defamation lawsuit. But she looks right at Izzy and I, and she goes, I really liked this podcast. I like the way they told the story. You know, I think it's just, it's those true crime podcasts. <laughs> They're really harsh on the ears. They tend to really over-dramatize things. They're just really harsh on my ears. It's just like... Oh, my God. Looking right at us. I had people come up to me after, and they were like, oh, that was so targeted. No, it was just like, everyone was looking at us at that moment, and she was looking at us saying that, literally staring into my soul. I know, it was disturbing. And And my teacher obviously doesn't know any of this, and so she's just kind of nodding along. She's like, yeah, 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 I understand that. Um, No, but literally, like, I just, oh, my God. Really woke me up this morning. Really woke me up. But you know what? Thank you so much for the listen. Yeah. I'm glad to know that you listen to our podcast. So, you know, true crime's not the thing for everyone. A lot of people can't take it. Yeah. So I'm sorry that you're weak, motherfucker. All right. Anyways. I'd like to apologize to any of our listeners if you think that we are harsh on your ears. And I mean, that little screaming part, just I really mean, about that. I need to go off on that a little um, bit. But we really hope that... We're not too harsh on your ears. We're not ears. too harsh on your ears. I know we're not ASMR or something, but... No, we're not ASMRists, but we do pride ourselves on the amount of research and passion that we have for the true crime <laughs> realm. Okay, Anyways. we're gonna we're gonna get started now because I really need to get that off my chest. Yeah. Alright, today <laughs> we will be covering the murder of Elise Poller, which is super dark and disturbing, so it may be a little harsh on your ears. So I'm just going to yeah. use that phrase from now on. Um, a lot of the cases we've done so far this year have been yeah. very serious. Actually, I don't know if you guys caught it. We had to change our trigger warning again. Yeah, we did. Just just a little bit. Because this is actually such a disturbing case that someone decided to make a movie about it. And it's a very popular movie. A very popular movie. So, for anyone who doesn't know already, the murder of Elise Poller actually inspired the movie Jennifer's Body. And for those of you who don't know, again, I will do a little summary of Jennifer's Body, which I recently watched. 
I convinced her to watch it. Yeah, she did. Um, so it wasn't. Good. It wasn't really you though. It was Megan Fox. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She can convince anyone. <laughs> Jennifer's Body is a 2009 movie starring Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried that follows the story of a girl who was attempted to be sacrificed to Satan, but like it didn't work because she became like a man eater. Because basically, like, like the she, actual kind. Yeah, like she wasn't a virgin, so when they sacrificed her, like didn't work. And so she became, like, a succubus demon kind of girl, and she started snacking on high school boys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the murder of Elise Pollard's just like that, except for she didn't survive and, like, didn't become a succubus. And it was a really, a much sadder story, truly. Really much sadder. We're going to have a little, a little debrief at the end about that. Yeah. But for now, I'd like to recommend everyone go watch Jennifer's Body, because even though I was a little, I was a little scared, it's a good movie all around. It's a good movie. I mean, the performance by the actors in it are... It's something else. (laughs) Anyways. Alright, so let's get started with some background. Elise Marie Poller was born on April 24th, 1980 in San Luis Obispo, California, which is located on the Central Coast region of California. She grew up here with her family, and in the summer of 1995, which was just before she was killed, she was going to her sophomore year at Arroyo Grande High School, And this was really, unfortunately, all I was able to find about her background, because most sources just kind of talked about her murder and Mm -hmm. even, like, more background on her killers than anything else. Yeah. Which really sucks, because here's the thing, like, she's not just a victim, and I know I have to say that all the time, but sometimes, like, people only reported on the murder rather than, like, the person that was killed. Exactly. Or the murderers. Yeah. I I hate it when people do stupid, like, background shit on the killers more so than they do on the victims. Like, as much as it's important to talk about how, like, killers end up that way, especially, like, serial killers, like, talk about the victim a little bit. Like, I want to know what their life was like. Like, just because they were killed doesn't make them just, like, something people can talk about. Like Exactly. Like, the whole thing that makes so many crime stories so impactful, and specifically episodes of podcasts where you're like, wow, that was really interesting, like, I'm glad I now know about that especially if there's not a lot of, like, coverage on them, is when you know about the victim. And like, when there's not, when that's not publicized, it really, it dehumanizes Yeah, it's them. dehumanizing. That's what I was going to say. Like, I kind of hate it because I feel like I don't get to know anything about her. And, like, I guess it's also, sometimes it's interesting when you can sort of identify with victims when it's mm-hmm. like you know that something could happen to you. Yeah. And that can only happen more when we have more background, and unfortunately we just don't in this case. But yeah. I think a lot of us can identify with her because we're all... Uh, I know, I know based on our analytics, a large population of our listeners are teenage girls. Yeah, so, just important to point out. So if this is like, you know, this is unfortunately all the background I was able to find, but... And the timeline is also very limited for this case. Because all... It all takes place is a day, Very gruesome murder. Yeah. Um, so in, on July 22nd of 1995, in the early evening hours... 15-year-old Elise Palmer was actually asked by three boys named D- Jacob Delashmutt. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible name. Like, Horrible last name. Dude was bound to be a killer. Yeah. Delashmutt. Okay. Anyways. Royce Casey and Joseph Fiorella to come hang out with them and quote-unquote par- party in a nearby eucalyptus grove. Is he going to go party with me in a nearby eucaly- <laughs> eucalyptus yeah. grove? What? I just... <laughs> That's Anyways. Awful. Um, and apparently they hung out in a group setting before, not too long before this, and it's only briefly mentioned, um, but I'll mention that after this. So they invited her to come and smoke some marijuana with them, and that it would just be kind of casual, just like a hangout in this eucalyptus grove. (laughs) I'm 
sorry. I'm like, they're just gonna hang out in a eucalyptus. Yeah, world. I don't know. Apparently, it was like the cool spot for oh, all the high schoolers. Gotcha. Um, so she are agreed. they koalas? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, that's where koalas hang out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, she agreed to come with them, and this was sadly the last time that she would ever leave her house or be seen by her parents alive. So, the teenage boys were actually between the ages of 16 and 18 at the time of the murder, and they were members of the band Hatred. That was their band name. Wow, that's really cool. It was a local metal band, just <laughs> consisting of these three boys. Three teenage boys. Three teenage boys. <laughs> hatred. Um, hatred, yeah. So Elise knew the boys because of their band, as well as the fact that they were all in like, similar social spheres, they're all around the same age. I'm assuming they all went to the same high school or similar high schools. Again, there's not a lot of background on this case. Um, but because she knew them, she would have never assumed that this would be the last and worst decision that she ever made. So, the boys had actually been plotting her murder for months at this point, and I mean months. Like I said earlier, they had actually taken her out not too long before this into the woods, and one of the boys acted like he fell into a ditch and then started screaming for help, and she went to go help, and the other boys started screaming, do it, do it, do it, and then they... Um, didn't end up killing her at that point, and she decided to go back and hang out with him in another group setting. Which just, it's just unfortunate. It's just, like, sad that, like, it could have been avoided. Um, but obviously, like, teenage boys, it's, yeah. Um. She couldn't have known. She couldn't have known. There's no way she could have known. And she trusted them. I mean, she knew them as friends. Yeah, they were friends. So, as soon as they actually arrived at the eucalyptus grove, they started attacking Elise. So, Della Schmutt was actually the first to attack. He removed his belt and wrapped it around Elise's throat in order to hold her, in order to hold her down. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, if I know I'm going to want to, like, skip ahead a little bit right now, this is going to be pretty it's gruesome. It's going to be really gruesome. Um... And then Casey then held Elise down onto the ground while Fiorella pulled out a hunting knife and proceeded to stab her in the neck. And during this time, Elise was crying and screaming for help, and the boys said later that she was screaming for her mother and for help from her, but the boys just kept attacking her. Oh my god. And it was actually later revealed by autopsy that she had been stabbed a total of 12 times and every single one of them was non-fatal um meaning that Elise slowly and painfully bled out following her attack that is just like so gruesome it's so gruesome and I, it's just yeah whew, 12 times that's like a that's, lot yeah seriously and the fact that they've been playing this it's just so like violent it's so violent and it's so like anger driven yeah so, I'm about to talk about um, rape and sexual assault for a second, so feel free to skip ahead if you do not want to hear about this, because it is very graphic. So, after the boys determined that she had died, and we don't know for sure if she was dead at this point, they started taking terms violently raping her corpse, and actually they continued to return to her corpse in the woods for the next eight months. Oh my god. Yeah. Very violent, very... It's just so sad. I just, I can't... It's violent, it's sad, like, I just... Wow, I I can't... It's just, it's horrible. And the fact that she was reported missing by her parents, 
And I just wish we knew more about this investigation. It was eight months. She wasn't that far from home. Yeah. Like, this is why I feel like we need more background on her to know about more of the circumstances surrounding this and why she wasn't... Like, she was missing for eight months. What eight was happening months? during those eight months that no one noticed? Exactly. Um, she was close to... Like, she was at a usual hangout spot for all the high schoolers. Like, how... These are places... Okay, not to be, like, that person, but, like, these are places where police usually look for bodies. Yeah. How was she not found sooner? It's just... It's just so... It's awful. And awful, yeah. And, like, we don't know anything about, like, about the investigation prior to when she was found. Yeah. So, I'm gonna talk a little bit about how everything was finally put together by the police. So... The case had basically gone cold. Like, yeah. cops weren't really looking into it anymore. They were just kind of like, I guess we'll find something when we find something. Mm-hmm. But eight months following the crime, 17-year-old Royce Casey actually confessed to her murder after claiming that he had found God. And in his confession, he had also implicated Jacob Delishmut and Joseph Fiorella as the other two killers. And as I said earlier, Izzy said earlier, the boys were on this rock band called Hatred Together. And so, through Royce's confession, investigators learned that they had plotted to kill Elise in order to make their rock band successful. So, uh, they claimed that their craziness would make them play harder. And they specifically planned to kill Elise because Joseph Fiorello was obsessed with her. Oh my god. And further, he actually claimed that because she was blonde, had blue eyes, and to their knowledge was a virgin, Satan would be most pleased with her sacrifice. That's just so disgusting. I just, I can't believe people fall into this shit. So, for the killing plot, they're actually following the satanic ritual of sacrificing a virgin for Satan. Oh my god. And they did this because they thought it would make their metal band, Hatred, like, get a record deal. I have no words. Like, they took another person's life, an innocent person's life. Like, oh gruesomely. Like, gruesomely. I mean, they choked her and they stabbed her and then they proceeded to rape her for, like, months. Like, it, wa- like it wasn't like they just killed her, which is still horrible. They continuously... Inflicted torture inflicted on her. Inflicted torture and rape even after she had passed away. Um, yeah. It's awful. Thankfully, all of the boys pled guilty and are currently serving life sentences. So at least they're, like, paying... Well, they can't even pay for what they did. No, there's but no way. they're doing what the law determined that they're they paying deserved. for what they did. Yeah. yeah. I just, I can't believe they decided to, like, I, I really can't follow that train of thought. I really can't. No. I just, I can't at all. There's nothing that would substantiate killing another innocent life. No. And, like, I just, even... Who even cares about innocent? What justifies killing somebody under exactly. the, in these circumstances? And she was their friend. Yeah. Ugh. It's almost like when those two girls killed their friend. Like, when, what was that case we covered? Slenderman. Slenderman. Like, it's like that. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's really disturbing. Like, the influence mm-hmm. that, that, the, um, that that had on them, which is crazy. Um, I'm actually going to talk about a lawsuit to wrap up the criminal part of this case. So, during their trial, the killers actually discussed how they idolized the band Slayer, and Elise's parents actually thought that their music, like, propagated ideas of torture, rape, and murder, 
and they actually decided to sue the band Slayer specifically for their songs Postmortem and Dead Skin Mask because they claimed they gave instructions on how to rape, torture, and murder minors. Um, and they actually ended up losing the lawsuit because lyrics are protected under the First Amendment. But honestly, like, so many things could have inspired them. I don't think it's the band's fault, even if they had, like, very distasteful and kind of not, like, very distasteful lyrics. Yeah, like, I, they could have had terrible, I've never listened to these songs, so I don't really know. It's, but, like, I know. It's not, that's not. They have, like, Satan books. Like, I'm sure those are giving a lot more graphic descriptions on how to do all this shit. And it's not even just that. It's, like, the, like, movies, shows. Like, there are so many other things other than music. You can't sue, like, all of media. Exactly. And it's, like, you don't know where they got this idea from. Yeah. Per se. Like, it's not like Slayer was like, oh, yeah, you know, we sacrificed a virgin and it worked out for us. You should try it, too. No, it was, like, they, it was just ideas in their songs which were very gruesome. Yeah. And, Yeah. So it kind of makes sense they lost the lawsuit. I feel it really does. bad for her parents, obviously, but they that's just... A, it was not going to work out. It was out, not going to work think. out. And I feel like all of the boys responsible for her death are now in prison for the rest of their lives. So. Yeah, so at least there's some form of justice. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a, a really short, brief thing. Brief but we're going to talk a little bit... About I, Jennifer's body. Yeah, we wanted to kind of have a discussion about it because... Izzy was bringing up some interesting... We actually, we've already kind of discussed a little bit because we were wanting to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it again. So, yeah, so we wanted to kind of talk about some ethical concerns that we had about, like, making a movie based on this and just also just general comparisons to the movie. So maybe we should start with some general comparisons. Yeah. Um, So in the movie, I think it was different because... Not Megan. Uh, Megan. No, what was her name in the movie? Jennifer. Jennifer. The movie's named after. (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know what it is, but when I don't have like something in front of me with like, so the way we do our like our podcast, right, is we have like bullets. We don't have a script. We don't believe in scripts. I feel like that kind of takes away from the whole true crime podcast element. Is he really angry about scripts in general? I really, you know, scripts just don't. Maybe that's why we're harsh. We're harsh yeah. on the ears. Harsh on the ears because we actually have personality. <laughs> Anyways, um, we, like, in the movie, Jennifer doesn't know the people who killed her. Yeah. Or attempted to kill her. Yeah, basically what happened was they were at this, like, concert for the rock band, her and her friend. Mm-hmm. And after, there's, like, this fire, which honestly, I don't know if the fire was necessary in the whole thing. It was kind of, it was kind of It was nuts. really, it was. It was, like, a catalyst for the whole movie, but, yeah. like, also very strange. Basically, after the fire, they all escaped. Well, the friend, Jennifer, and the band yeah. all escaped. And Jennifer, like, got in their van... And went with them because she was like in shock. Yeah. And then they attempted to sacrifice her. But it was a lot more dramatized in the movie. Well, obviously, it was a um, movie. <laughs> yeah, like there was this whole thing with like this waterfall and. Yeah, like yeah. that the place was kind of cursed and whatever. Yeah. But basically, they tried to sacrifice her and they thought she was dead, but then she kind of like survived and became like this like demon. And. Yeah. I think that's kind of where the parallels to the murder stop. And, yeah. But everything else up to that's really close. It's, 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 like, Like, the whole, like, killing part and, like, with the... For the band. With the, the band part really, like, disturbs me, the fact that, like, they, because they thought it was going to get them success, and then it actually did get them success. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just, 
when I'm thinking about this movie, I when I first watched the movie, I didn't really know that it was based on a true crime case. Yeah. And I think that's why I really, really liked it when I first watched it, and I would have never made the connection unless someone told me about it. But thinking about it now, knowing that that movie was based on Elise's murder, kind of disturbs me a little bit. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. It does, but I almost have to, like, separate it, because here's the thing, it's a lot about, it's about a lot more than just this, like, they took this as slightly the inspiration, and I find that kind of very disturbing, that they used this as the inspiration, and then made it, like, kind of sexualized. Yeah. I don't like that part of it, but honestly, the rest of the movie, if you separate it, like, if you were... They're not similar. They're not similar. This is, like, kind of, like, the beginning part, but, like, what the rest of what happens in the movie is totally different, so I do have to separate it, because I actually really enjoyed the movie. I did, too, when I watched it. And the movie had a lot of hate when it first came out in 2009. I actually did a little bit of side research on that, because I was kind of interested. They were... Everyone that was in it and everyone that worked on it was really expecting it to be really popular, and it didn't end up being really popular. Yeah. And it was sort of mock marketed as this, what I read was, I forget where this article came from, so I'm sorry if I'm quoting something and not saying where it's from, but it's on the internet somewhere. <laughs> it says, it referred to it as like the Twilight for boys, which what? I, I don't really get that. I really... Could not tell you. As a Twilight lover. Oh, God. Izzy just spent the last five minutes before we recorded <laughs> quoting a scene from Twilight, like the most irrelevant scene from Twilight okay. ever. It was relevant because in biology right now, we're learning about mitosis. I'm really hoping there are some Twihards right now who know what You did not just say Twihards. Yes, I did. My fellow Twihards. That is not a word. I, yes, it is. Oh, my God. I love Twilight, and I unironically love Twilight, and I have since eighth grade, and I hope people know the scene I'm talking about. But yeah, I don't understand how Megan, how Jennifer's body is being co- like compared. But me. so anyway, it was really hated on because it was like I don't really know why it was hated on. I think it was, but I like the movie. There's a lot of female empowerment, and like I said to Izzy right before we started with recording mm-hmm. this, the world in 2009 was just not ready for a hot bisexual cheerleader who also decided to eat high school boys. That's very accurate. The world wasn't ready. The world wasn't ready for it, and. Yeah, the world was not ready for it. The, the world wasn't ready. Not. The world's a little ready now. And also, now that I'm thinking about the fact that they made that movie as a Twilight version for boys, makes me very questioning. Why? The movie even more. I don't know. Like, this, it's just like, you're, we were talking about it earlier. Like, it was a very sexualized... Well, okay, it wasn't... It was marketed that way. So basically, the people that made it, it was very focused on, like empowering to women who yeah. so a lot of women worked on this movie but then when they had all these guys straight guys trying to market it they were like we want to market it as a twilight for boys oh. and they were not a fan of that that idea okay i'm glad they were not a fan yeah of um because that movie is for girls only <laughs> just kidding no but i i really enjoyed the movie i don't really like the fact that it was somewhat inspired by this and that mm-hmm. some of the like beginning parts really similar a very similar yeah and i don't like honestly like the fact that it's a widely known fact that it was based on this case. I, too, how widely known is it? I don't think is it's it. You didn't, you didn't know. I didn't know. You did not know. <laughs> but I just think it's important to talk about how it is a little bit disturbing. Oh, it's definitely ethically and ethically know, concerning. Because they take this thing that was like awful and horrible and they, and they make it like empowering in a way. Yeah. But like I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it empowering. Maybe... I don't know. It's me, because maybe it is a little bit good. Because it's like her getting vengeance. Yeah, I don't know. I I have some concerns, but I also really, really value what it's trying to say sometimes. Yeah. 
I guess, yeah. I've got a, there's just a lot of back and forth, I think. I think it's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Don't I think love any movie you analyze. Like, yeah. Don't love the inspiration. No. But I really appreciate the what the movie's communicating. Yeah. So go. And Megan Fox. And Megan Fox. So look into Elise's case a little bit more if you're more interested. Go watch Jennifer's Body and watch all of the Twilight movies. No, no one needs to watch the Twilight movies. Please do. Don't and watch the Twilight honestly, movies. Honestly, no email us any them. questions or conversation about Twilight. I will definitely interact with you. I swear to God, if our inbox is flooded, I'm going to be so pissed. No <laughs> one should like Twilight. I will no respond one, to no all of those emails. Like Twilight. All right. Tune in on the 17th for another new episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye! Bye.